Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Make it to Hunter. Lofted towards the end zone. Oh, what a grab! Kelvin Turner! Hello and welcome back to Pacific Point of View. I'm Tyler Budge. I'm Hayden Weber. And I'm Colton Wadova. And I don't know if you guys caught that, but uh, a little bit of a slight change on the intro today uh, that couldn't have been made a week ago because it was Trayshawn Harrison's insane 45-yard Moss touchdown grab uh, at the end of that game versus Stanford. Absolutely saved us. I did notice there's a little something different uh, right at the end of Calvin Turner's catch. Yeah, yeah, that's, which is about where you probably, you know, tune that out. But uh, with, with little delay, uh, we'll get into our surprises for the week. Are you surprised? Are you surprised? <laughs> surprised, Eddie? <laughs> if I woke up tomorrow with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am right now. All right, Cole, let's start with you. What surprised you this week? You know, the Hawaii defense and Braden Shager... Didn't look awful this past weekend. I mean, they gave me some hope for the season looking forward. They gave me something to believe in. Yes, it was a heartbreaking loss. But you know what? After a night, a couple days, I feel okay now. Well, that's good. Uh, First-hand account, Colt was miserable after Hawaii He had to retire to his room for a few minutes just to to gather his bearings uh, before we tried to watch the F1 race that was delayed (laughs) by like three hours. Uh, Hayden, what surprised you? Yeah, what's going on in Boone uh, right now? App State falling on hard times after looking like a New Year's Six contender early on. Lost to a poor Texas State team, 36-24 to yeah. on the road. And since opening the season 2-1, and one, upsetting A&M, and looking like one of the most exciting teams in the country, they've gone 1-2 and two with a heartbreaking loss to James Madison. More on them later. They did beat the Citadel more convincingly than Alabama did a couple years ago. But then, they, of course, they lost last week. And what's the problem right now? I think there's a couple of things. They're getting dominated in time, time of possession. Um, yeah. I'm trying to find the stat here. They've been... Outpossessed by a combined 30 minutes in the last three games, which is way too much. That's about 10 minutes per game, I believe. The irony of that is how they beat Texas A&M was dominating time of possession. Right, but during this losing stretch, that's been the problem for them. And they've had trouble playing two good halves of football. They scored 28 points in the second quarter against James Madison a few weeks ago, only to get shut out 
for the rest of the game. And then they trailed 30-3 to to Texas State early in the second half Yikes. before a late surge to make the score look a little bit more respectable than it actually was. But it's really sad because App State was uh, kind of a Cinderella team this year, had a lot of people rooting for them. The ups- upcoming schedule is not too bad. They've got Georgia State and Robert Morris coming up, but kind of feel like the window has closed on them as far as a New Year's Six bid goes. And then they've got a ugly matchup against Coastal in a couple of weeks, and that they've got a lot to, to get right before uh, they compete in that game. Yeah, there was that weekend that we, uh, we dubbed as Sunbelt Saturday where we saw multiple Sunbelt teams getting huge wins. Uh, Marshall, notably, lost another game, two games uh, later in the year, one in Sunbelt play. They're now losing by 10 to Louisiana as we speak wow. on this Wednesday night. Um, and then Georgia Southern, they just lost to a one-win Georgia State squad. So every team that got those key wins in the Sun Belt was looking like things were turning around. I mean, that's just it just shows that it's not a one game season and you can't carry over one week's team to the next week. You gotta bring your A game every week, even in the Sun Belt. So uh, with that we'll go to the Pac twelve scope of things and talk about who is eating their Wheaties. Better get your whole grain. I bet eat my Wheaties. But before we get to who is eating their Wheaties, Colt, what, what we got going on over there? All right, we got Padres up 4-3 <laughs> to three on the Dodgers, top of the seventh, two outs. Dodgers are leading the series 1-0. It's the NLDS, so it's a best of five. This one's going back to San Diego, I believe, in two days. So, yeah, it's a pretty interesting series right now. It's true. Uh, you know, in, in honor of the Aaron Judge cut-ins, we had to do a cut-in with the MLB yep. playoffs here. But, Hayden, who is eating their Wheaties? Got to go with ASU quarterback Trenton Borgay in his season debut. Led the Sun Devils to a 45-38 upset win over 21st-ranked Washington. And guys, ASU is now 13-2 versus UW in their last 15 wow. matchups. That's insane. And have not lost to the Huskies at home since 2001. And Borgay entered the game early in the second quarter, of course, after that ugly Emory Jones injury. Um it sounds like the practice report saying that he's good to go. He's at least practicing with the team now, okay. which is good news. But I think we've got a little bit of a quarterback battle on our hands for the rest of the season. Just going to really quickly hit on Trenton's stats. He was 15 for 21, very accurate, despite throwing one pick. Had 181 yards through the air, three passing touchdowns. Threw some really great deep balls. And it yeah. feels like ASU, for the first time in a long time, really had a downfield passing game, which made a world of a difference in opening up the running game. But, man, how can you not root for Trenton Borgay for the rest of the season? Walk on from Marana, Arizona. And not only did Trenton look good, Sean Aguano got his first dub Hell yeah, baby. Yes, as uh, yes, a college head coach. So really just, just a great week for ASU football. And the morale around the program is as good as it's been in a while. And we rushed the field. Yeah. That was insane. It was it was pretty awesome, even though, you know, the, the crowd wasn't how we wanted it to be. It'll get back up it there, will. I think, after It'll, that. UCLA victory. game, I'm, I'm going to call 50,000. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Hayden's, yeah. Hayden's believing. Uh, very conveniently timed by for ASU. Chance to figure out the quarterback battle. Because yep. chan- there is a quarterback battle oh, there. Yes, Let's make there that is. clear. Um, and then, you know, chance to get your guys healthy before this two-game stretch against Stanford, Colorado. Must win games. Must win games. My Wheaties Player of the Week, I already talked about him, Treshawn Harrison. I mean, come on. That was an insane grab right when the Beavs needed it most. Um, RG3 may be the worst announcer I've oh. ever heard. That was brutal. It's I don't cringe. Know. It was so bad. The only good line he had all game was on that play. He said, hey, that was an HBO play. Help a brother out. 
So that's what Trayson Harrison did. He helped the brother out. The innuendos, it's just way too much with yeah, RG3. Yeah, it's a little forced. Yeah. yeah. A little forced. When you watch when you watch just the isolated highlight, it's like, oh, wow, that was you know a clever little jab. But if you watch a full game, which is my first time watching a full RG3 game, it was just after, like, pun after pun after innuendo, and it was just like, okay, please commentate the game. Like, I, don't, I even muted the TV, and part of it was because we were down 17-7 to Stanford, but also part of it was because of that cringe announcing crew. That was insane. Yeah. All right, my Wheaties guy, UCLA running back, Zachy Charbonnet. He had a career Zachy. high in... Yeah, yeah, his name is Zachy now. Uh, he had a career high in rushing yards this past weekend, 198 on the ground, 22 carries, one tutty. Man, UCLA looked really good. Also, Charbonnet still gives me nightmares from that Hawaii game last year. They look great, though. Yeah, Zach Charbonnet has been killing it on the ground. Um, him and, and X Validate probably the two top backs in the Pac-12 right now. Fruit Loops Player of the Week, you know, for every time there's a guy eating his Wheaties, making the right decisions, there's a guy not making the right decisions. Colt, who was eating their Fruit Loops? I mean, man, I was hyping up the U of A offense going into this weekend, and they didn't look too good. So I'm going to go Jacob Cowing, who had a fumble, Delora, a fumble and a pick. That was just brutal this past weekend. Against subpar talent, Jaden Delora looks like a Heisman Trophy contender. Against actual <laughs> football teams with a decent defense, he's horrific. Yeah, yeah. Hayden? Yeah, I'm going to stay uh, in the city of Tucson. Going to go to the other side of the ball. U of A's defense got absolutely smoked. Allowed 600 total yards, right around nearly 600. I think it was a little under. Uh, nonetheless, a lot of yards to the Oregon Ducks and, yep. a, and an embarrassing loss in front of a sold-out crowd. Granted, the Ducks are a good football team. They're, they've got a high-powered offense, but... Johnny Nansen was one of the more hyped-up coordinator hires in this conference, U of A's DC, and he just hasn't uh, lived up to the hype. Yeah, not Cats at all. Cats are allowing 34 points per game, which is Yikes. second worst in the pack. That's not going to get it done. Yeah, I mean, have you guys heard Jaden Ott's name since that U of A game? No. He's been silenced after that, and, and that San Diego State team that could only muster 16 versus Hawaii, they put up at least 20, 20. on U of A, so... Uh, my Fruit Loops player of the week, uh, Mahmoud Diabate. He's a Florida linebacker. That, hey, you hear that pronunciation? I practiced that. Uh, he's a Florida <laughs> linebacker that transferred to Utah. He was my season. name game guy a few weeks ago. Yes, he was. Um, Colt did not get it. No, uh, <laughs> I did not. He only had three tackles, and he started a linebacker for Utah. Zach Charbonnet was running right through him all game and really exposed <laughs> the hole that, that Devin Lloyd left in that in that defense. Um but yeah, that's it for Fruit Loops and Wheaties. Let's go back to the big picture. We'll talk about week seven. We've got a new AP poll. Yeah, the uh, the big thing here in this AP poll is the team coming in at number 25, James Madison, in their first year as an FBS program. Let's go Dukes! Getting ranked. That's the first time that's happened since 1978. And... That rule keeping them out of a bowl game so dumb. is so dumb. Hopefully it gets overturned somehow. This is... This is a New Year's Six caliber group of five team. James Madison is for real, and it's absolutely egregious. They're probably going to go 10-2 and two and not go to a bowl game. Ugh, that's miserable, bro. I can't imagine if Hawaii had that like type of season and then we got no chance to play in a Sugar Bowl. There's that one that would year break that, my heart. There's bro. that one year Louisiana Tech went nine and three, and then they they opted out of the first bowl game they were offered because they were waiting for a better offer. They didn't get another one, so they they didn't play in a bowl game either. It'd be similar to that. But James Madison doesn't even get a shot here. Cole, what surprised you, or what, what are you? Kansas is still ranked, and I mean I love that. 
I, I didn't think it would happen just on the way that I've seen AP polls in the past, but you know, they're giving some love to the little guy even when their quarterback got hurt. They didn't even move. They didn't even they're go 19, down. They just yeah. stayed at 19. Yeah. It shows Trippy. the respect for TCU. Uh, there's <laughs> another team on there. Uh, they're ranked number 23rd. Uh, the Texas Longhorns. Let's go. Routed Oklahoma 49 nothing, and um, it's an interesting team you mentioned there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, for the first time in Pacific Point of View's history, we are going to make an announcement about a game we are going to this Saturday. Hayden, where are we going? Austin, Texas, boys. Hook 'em horns, Austin, Texas. Horns down. We're gonna go watch Hunter Deckers take on horns down. Careful, that's a 15-yard penalty in the Big 12 now. That it is. Um, I want to do everything. We're hyped. <laughs> we're ready to go. Uh, we're gonna watch, hopefully in, a, in the stands that are 100,000 plus, because uh, Texas has been packing that. And after that win over Oklahoma, you know yeah. the fans will be packing the stands. So we're excited. If you're in Austin, hey, hit us up. Hit us up with your Austin. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll see what we can get going. But uh, Texas has been getting some weird buzz related to the playoff. As Colt may have alluded to. So let's talk about playoffs. Who's your four now that we've seen a, a few more teams shift around? I think last time we did our playoff was two or three weeks ago. Yeah. All right. I'm going to kick it off with a couple obvious choices. Georgia. I think Georgia's going to run the table. Ohio State. You really could put Ohio State or Michigan. Whoever wins that game at the end of the season, I believe, will be in the playoff. I'm going to say Ohio State. USC. Uh, I believe USC... Not going to spoil when it's going to happen. I do believe USC will trip up at least once, only once this season. This weekend. And I, <laughs> I believe if USC goes 12-1, and they're a playoff team, depending on what happens with Oklahoma State and Clemson. And I think Oklahoma State gets in there. I think the Cowboys Whoa. sneak in. Uh, they could very well run the table. This is a team that I've kind of had to warm up to, but the more I watch them, the more impressed I am. And I really think this is Mike Gundy's year to get the Cowboys over the top. And not only do I think they can go to the playoff, I think they could beat Ohio State and USC. I'm not so Whoa. sure about Georgia yet, but Oklahoma State, I think it has a real shot at becoming one of the first non-blue blood teams to actually win the Natty. All right, Colt. All right. So I've got the Big 12 champion with two losses. I've got the Pac-12 champion having two losses, whether or not that's USC or UCLA. I've got Clemson winning the ACC, but I think they'll lose two games. Whoa. So here's what it leaves me with. Number one, Ohio State, who's going to be undefeated at the end of the season. Number two, Georgia, who's going to have one loss to Tennessee. Okay. Number three, Michigan, with one loss to Ohio State. And number four, Tennessee, coming wow. in at 11-1. Oh, wow. oh. I have Bama with two losses. <laughs> Okay. Including this weekend. Wow. Well, there's there's Colts pick for this game yeah. that we're about to get to. But interesting on the Tennessee hype train. I would love to see that. I love the Volunteers. Let's keep the the chaos, the Oklahoma States, the Tennessees going. I've got Ohio State, Georgia. Right. Yeah. That's not the chaos. I think Clemson makes it because I just don't think there's enough teams left that can beat Clemson that they haven't already played. They already passed the Wake Forest and NC State test. I don't think the team that comes from the other division can beat them. I think they could lose at Florida State. They Notre could. Dame? Notre Dame could, could knock them off, North too. North Carolina in the championship? I just don't see a scenario where two out of those three happen. Uh, my other team in, it's the football team from L.A., but it's not the Trojans. Oh, the my gosh. The Bruins. 
I was telling Colt this earlier this week. Why did we ever flip on our UCLA hype? That's true. Why? They've done nothing but prove our offseason predictions right all year long. It's about time one of us threw them in the playoff. So I'm going to do it before anyone else. We got UCLA in the playoff. And you know what I'm rooting for now? An Oklahoma State, UCLA, Tennessee, and screw it, Texas playoff. Oh, That's my God. That would be insane. <laughs> UCLA is going undefeated. Yeah, I mean, Colt, that's what Colt said at the beginning of the year. We'll see if he continues yeah. to back we, that. We should have known not to buy into the poor non-conference showing because that's just par for the course with Chip Kelly. It is. It, it is just, par for the that's, course. That's what he does. In fact, we should have known this was a great year because he avoided losing, where it's, that's a place where he always loses a few. So, mm -hmm. uh, Week 7 picks. We have got a monstrous slate uh, in Week 7 First game, number 10, Penn State, traveling to play number 5, Michigan. I believe it's the fourth week in a row Michigan has had a big noon kickoff. Uh, this yeah. Is, yeah, this is insane. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, I'm not going to pick against Michigan uh, at home. I believe Michigan is the better team. Penn State got off to a hot start. I, I believe they're like a 9-3 and three team. I don't think they're quite a playoff contender. Top 10, a little high. Uh, so give me the Wolverines here at home. When I see Blake Corum, I see the best running back in the nation. He's got 11 tutties, 735 rushing yards. The, the man's an animal. I think they're going to run over Penn State this weekend. Uh, I always give Penn State a little bit of love in this show. I've always been, you know, I, I like the program they've got going. I like James Franklin. I think this game's going to be closer than people think. The opening line, I think, is Michigan 7 or 6.5 or something. I think this is going to be... Close, maybe tied in the fourth quarter. I think it's going to be low-scoring, defensive, hammer, whatever the under is in this game. I look for Michigan to pull out like a 24-20 victory. Mm. I think they just get it just because they're at home. Uh, next up, we have a big one. Colt already revealed his pick. Number three, Alabama at number six, Tennessee. Colt, why don't you explain your pick first? I mean, Bama should have lost last week, okay? It drives me nuts that they don't have two losses already. But it's okay because Tennessee and Hendon Hooker, we trust. They'll get the job done. Man, I, I love this team so much. Let's just ride with it. Man, this comes down to if Bryce Young is healthy or not. I think he's going to play, and for that reason, I, I have to take Alabama just because, you know, you go to reverse psychology or whatever. It just seems like whenever there's an obvious loss for Alabama or, like, a trendy loss, mm. they always win that game. Yeah. But that's not even the reason. I, I just I believe Bryce Young is the best player in college football and uh we've seen the difference with alabama when he's on the field versus when he's not on the field yep. if bryce young can't go tennessee is going to win this football game mark my words if he's healthy give me the tide in another really close game and this alabama fans are, are feeling the stress this year they're feeling the heat alabama has not looked invincible at all you know if jalen milroe is not playing in this game i like tennessee to win Okay. If Bryce Young is playing in this game, I like Tennessee to win. Okay. okay. If Milrow does not play this game, mark my words, Tennessee wins by double digits. I'm hammering the balls. Tennessee, let's run the table, boys. Why not? The Volunteers, Josh Heupel, Hendon Hooker, we'll put them all the way to the playoff. Next up, we have a big game in the Big 12. Two teams that have remained unscathed this season. Number 8, Oklahoma State, travels to play number 13, TCU. All those three games, those first three matchups, are between undefeated teams. So, Yeah, Max Duggan 
is a dude at quarterback for TCU. TCU had a very impressive win against Kansas, Kansas Which, last week. When when did we think we would say that? Right. A very impressive <laughs> right. win versus Kansas? Yeah. Um, I kind of spoiled it earlier. Oklahoma State, I had them going in the playoff. And with the current field right now, I believe Oklahoma State's probably going to have to go 12-0 and to do that. Especially with the Big 12 being a little bit down this year. I think that's safe to say. What do you guys think? Yeah. A little bit? Okay. Uh, yeah, I got Oklahoma State here. The more I watch Oklahoma State, the more I like them. This is a complete football team. They're going to get it done. This feels like a pick Like, I don't know, man. This feels like a battle of great offenses. Both of these teams score roughly 46 points per game. I like TCU in a shootout at home. This game is going to be fun. I've been saying this same phrase about the Big 12 all year, it feels like, and it's because it's the only accurate phrase that I can think of for the Big 12 conference sphere this year, and it's every game is a knife fight. This yep. one, they're going to get in the trenches, and they're not going to be running much in the trenches with the way these guys play, but it's just going to be a battle back and forth. Yep. I think Oklahoma State wins it, wins this, and it's for the same reason I picked Oklahoma State versus Baylor earlier this year, and also I remember I made a pick uh, that was, you know, a little, no one else was making the pick last year when they played Baylor. And it's just because Mike Gundy, he's got that experience in the Big 12. He's played a lot of these games. Uh, Sonny Dykes at TCU, it is still his first year. He's been doing a great job. But I think TCU winning this game would be too good to be true. Uh, next up we have number 15 NC State. They've been on our featured picks, I think, for three straight weeks now with this one. They travel to play number 18 Syracuse. How about this? I'm looking at the matchup predictor on ESPN. Syracuse has a... Almost a 60% chance to win this game. Oh, boy. That is just crazy to me. Syracuse is the three-and-a-half-point favorite. But I'm going to go with NC State. As much as it's looking like Syracuse is going to be that Cinderella team along with Kansas this year, I like NC State to get it done. NC State, I mean, both of these teams obviously have a lot to play for. But NC State, there kind of is a route to a playoff still. There Maybe. Uh, they have to run the table, of course. They're not really on my playoff radar, but bottom line, I believe they're the better team and they'll find a way to win here. You know what? I wrote down this whole thing about how NC State is just going to absolutely win this game. Syracuse is going to come back to reality. But then I remembered one thing. Dino Babers is the head coach for Syracuse. Okay. Oh, Dino yeah. Babers went to the University of Hawaii. Ah. So I'm taking Syracuse, and I'm ripping up everything I wrote down. Okay, that's valid. Syracuse is a team that I have faded several times this year, including an early season matchup versus Purdue, where Garrick Schrader threw one of the coldest passes I've ever seen to ice that game. I am no longer going to fade Syracuse. I'm going to ride with the orange until it bites me. Give me Syracuse at home. Let's do it. If they win this... Oh boy, they are nearing a top 10 team. That would be a lot of fun. And then next up, we've got a shootout in the SEC. Number 16, Mississippi State, traveling to play a somehow still ranked number 22 Kentucky team. Yeah, this... See, I wrote down Kentucky, but the more that I look at the numbers, the more I think Mississippi State. Will Levis, a little bit of a cold stretch, didn't play that well against South Carolina. Kentucky, Kentucky's offense has really been stifled in the last two games, and that is their bread and butter, scoring yeah. points, and they haven't been able to do that. Mississippi State is a very impressive football team this year, and I think they can go on the road and beat Kentucky on the road. So I'm going to flip my pick. I'm going to take Mike Leach and the Bulldogs wow. to get it done, and this is definitely a prove-it year. What is it, year three of Mike Leach at Mississippi State? Uh, I believe so. I think he started in 2020. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, give me the Bulldogs. 
Just pa- yeah. go ahead. In the past couple of weeks, Kentucky's struggled to put up points. And Will Rogers and Mike Leach, that's their whole thing. So give him, give him Mississippi State in this one. Uh, it just shows the the slate, how jam-packed it is this week. We've had multiple people flip their picks mid-show. It's yeah. something that doesn't happen a lot. Um, Mississippi State, I know exactly what the Mississippi State from last year would do in this game. <laughs> they would lose this game by 20 points and just confuse the crap out of you after dominating Arkansas and Texas A&M. I have faith that this team this year is different. I'm picking Mississippi State. I think they win big. I think it's very similar to their last game. Will Levis is not playing well, um, and Kentucky has had no running game this year. Nope. Their defense making plays, forcing turnovers, is really their only hope. But, I mean, you just can't stop Will Rogers, man. Uh, next up, we're going to pick the game that we're going to. Iowa State traveling in Austin to play number 23, Texas. Texas by however they want. Iowa State wow. has not impressed me this year. It's Quinn Ewer's season. He is going to be a future top five pick. Texas by three touchdowns. I'm going to go with Matthew McConaughey and the boys. Give me Texas in this one. We're going to be there. I'm so excited for this. What if Matthew McConaughey's there? What if he, what if he sits next to us? That'd be crazy. Yeah, maybe he listens to the show. True. <laughs> True. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey, if you're listening right now, call in. I forget <laughs> the number, but just call in. It's like 602-something. Uh, yeah, I mean, Iowa State's offense has looked putrid this year. Putrid. I, I, had, I had a theory in the offseason that maybe Hunter Deckers might be an improvement uh, from Brock Purdy. And, and improve that offense, but that has not been the case. Uh, give me Texas. Quinn Ewers just tore apart that Oklahoma team. Yes, but sir. like I said, every game in the Big 12 is a knife, a knife fight. fight. Is a knife fight. So maybe Iowa State comes out and makes this game a little closer than we think. I'm low-key rooting for that, although hook them once at the end yes, of the sir. day. Um, and now it's time for our upset picks. I'll go first. I'm on an absolute roll. I'm 4-2. and two. You heard that right. Four and two on upset picks this year. I'm going to give okay, you another much. one. This one's hitting. Florida State is taking down Clemson. The Tigers okay, are falling on the road this week. I had the exact same thing. Let's go. Jordan Travis and Johnny Three Wilson. Three P. Yeah. <laughs> okay, here's why, though. Cole talks about a Hawaii connection, right? Florida State's head coach is Mike Norvell, who coached under Todd Graham, who coached at Hawaii. Okay. That's the Hawaii connection. Okay, I'll take it. <laughs> connection. All right, that's the first time we've ever swept with the upset picks. So let's hope that one hits, because if not, uh, it's going to be a rude awakening in the Instagram comment section. Yeah, open season in the comments. Speaking of an open season in the comments, let's go to Colt for some betting <laughs> advice. Oh, yeah, they're going to love this one. So I just picked Syracuse, right, in my national picks Uh-oh. to win the game. <laughs> Well, NC State's going to cover the three and a half. Okay, so it's going to be very tough to have both of those things happen, but it could happen. Syracuse wins by two. We'll take it. Okay, so NC State plus three and a half. Michigan is going to cover the six and a half spread as favorites versus Penn State. Tennessee, of course, is getting seven and a half points. You got to hammer. I mean, right. we just picked them to win the game. And then Chevin Cordero and San Jose <laughs> State, right now the hottest team in the Mountain West. They're going to Fresno State this weekend, who has looked very bad because of injury, because of all this stuff. Hammer the minus eight spread for San Jose State. My lesson of the week, by the way, I was betting on Thursday night football. It was like, or, or Monday night football Absolute this week. Absolutely degenerate behavior. It was uh, like <laughs> Travis Kelsey over 50 yards and Devontae Adams over 50 receiving yards. It was like a plus 100 group thing yep. that you could have done. Fade the boost all the time. I am now 0 for 3 on the last boost I've been given on FanDuel. 
I, it just doesn't hit. They know something that I don't. They must know, like, with Vegas, or they talk to the players, like, this <laughs> This is not going to hit. Vontae, how many yards are you getting? I don't know. I'm pushing that cameraman, though. Exactly. <laughs> so fade the boost at all times on these betting apps. That's my betting advice. All right. Thank you, Colt. Another enlightening uh, time in Lockakea Corner. Let's get to the Pac-12 newsletter. We have reached midseason. Every team has played about six games at this point, except for, I think, TCU played five, maybe. Uh, but it's time for some Pac-12 midseason awards, and we'll start with the Freshman of the Year award. Got to give it to Jaden Ott at this point, even though he's definitely come back down to earth since that game against U of A. You just you can't deny the numbers. Seventy-two yeah, the game carries. U of a, he got enough yards for three games. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> five hundred thirty-two yards, two hundred seventy-four did come against the Wildcats, but he's got, let's see, three, four, five rushing touchdowns, a couple Oof. of receiving touchdowns. Jaden Ott, clear choice here. I had Jaden Ott as well. Top four in Pac-12 rushing yards, top, top six in Pac-12 rushing touchdowns. I mean, he's the MVP of Cal, MVP of a freshman, man. Yeah, I mean, I figured that would be the choice, so I thought I'd throw another name out there. Josh Connerly Jr., he was okay. a highly touted offensive lineman that went to the Ducks this season, uh, and he won the starting job after a few weeks into the season. And Bo Nix has notably only been sacked one time this whole year. And it was before he had earned the starting position. So, Interesting. And also, they have the most rushing yards in the Pac-12. So, shout out Josh Connerly Jr. He's done some things that have helped that O-line really come together. He's a tackle, by the way. Uh, most improved player. You guys go first. I had Oregon State running back Deshaun Fenwick. I mean, oh. he stepped up to QB, uh, not QB, running back one this year. <laughs> QB one? Yeah. And <laughs> hey, we might need a quarterback, That's actually. true. But, I mean, he's already matched his touchdown total from last season. He's been very productive for the Beavs this year. He's looked great. Yeah, he's really stepped it up. Treshawn Harrison's a name I'd also kind of throw out there, but I'm not going to pick him. I'm going to say Michael Penix Jr. Uh, okay. Last season at Indiana, I think he tore his ACL, or that might have been two seasons. No, it was last I season. Think so. Early in the season, tore his ACL. He was out early. Uh, didn't have a ton of great pr pr uh, production. There we go. There's my words. Um, and kind of struggled. He actually got benched before he got That's true. hurt. So he got benched, and then I think the starter got hurt, and then he got hurt, something like that. But he's been much improved this season. All right, so I had a tough time picking a single player, and I was kind of thinking uh, Phoenix, but the problem with that hey, was you're he's always a, thinking Phoenix. Let's yeah, okay. The new the problem <laughs> is he's new to the Pac-12, so I figured you know it's hard to put him in this conversation since he was at Indiana last year. I'm gonna go with the position, ASU's kicking game. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Last a, year they didn't call. have a field goal kicker. It was Zendejas. It was I don't even remember the guy's name. It was a punter at the beginning Logan of the Tyler? Logan Tyler, Tyler and he missed a bunch of extra points against Southern Utah. Carter Brown is legit, and uh, he drilled a 50-plus yarder last week. He is nails, and ASU's at its best when it can rely on its good field goal kicking. And ASU historically is a great kicker school. Zane Gonzalez, Thomas Weber. Uh, hey, uh, yeah, relation? Uh, no relation, no relation. <laughs> really, uh, those yeah, are okay. just uh, uh, to name a few. But ASU's kicking game very improved this year. All right, uh, let's go to Coach of the Year at midseason. Lincoln Riley. How can it not be Lincoln Riley turning USC from a four and eight team to a fringe playoff contender? They're a top ten team, undefeated. I think he's the obvious choice. I got Chip Kelly, six and zero. Oh. This was the year that we said, you got to have it. This is your shot to, you know, take UCLA to the promised land. And so far, he's delivered. 
Yeah, USC's obviously been very impressed, impressive as far as the turnaround. But Chip Kelly's win so far, that beatdown of Washington, that beatdown, beatdown of Utah. Where, where did that come he from? Won the conference last year. <laughs> yeah, I, I like Chip Kelly. Uh, and then we've got special teams player of the year. Give the special teams guys some love. Okay, this is another outside the box pick. Okay. This is a guy I think is going to do great things, even though he hasn't really broken out yet. And I'm a little biased here. I'm going to go with Javen Jacobs, ASU's kick returner. Okay, I had okay. a chance to to meet Javen last year. I did a feature package That's on him right. for Cronkite News. The local, he, right? Yeah. He's explosive, and he hasn't really had a chance yet. Uh, he just took over for DJ Taylor as the kick returner. I think he's going to break off a couple big runs this year. He was a great kick returner in high school at Saguaro. ASU has had great return specialists over the years. I think he continues that trend, and I think he's going to do enough to win that award by getting two kick return touchdowns this season. All right, good pick. Hayden talked about him earlier. I have ASU kicker Carter Brown. That 53-yard field goal he kicked is currently the longest field goal in the Pac-12. He's responsible for 45 points, which is kind of cool. Kind of a cool stat. With 18 um, extra points and 9 of 10 field goals, that comes out to 45 points. Correct me if I'm wrong, but no returner in the Pac-12 has had a returning touchdown yet? I don't think uh, I saw one. Yeah, no. I don't think I saw a single one. Um, special teams player. Well, it's a guy who comes in in a special package for Oregon State, Jack Coletto. Um, they flashed a stat on the ESPN broadcast where they they it was before the game had even really gotten underway. Um, they said Coletto was 37 of 47 on critical third and fourth down plays. I did the math. I crunched the numbers for you guys. He went three for three that game, which would have brought him to 40 of 50 in those on his career. Wow. However, they were counting like four failed attempts from 2020, the COVID year. So I'm not going to count. So his real stats, <laughs> as I crunched the numbers, he's 33 of 37. Uh, he has an 89% conversion rate on those downs. So I'm going to give it to Jack Coletto. I was going to give it to Kyle Ossendorp, but who wants to give a U of A player uh, recognition? So uh, we'll go to Offensive Player of the Year. Okay. Can the Offensive Player of the Year yeah, also yeah. be the MVP, or can it be different? It can. It's, I kind of want to separate them. Yeah, I was thinking I treat it well. kind of like how the NFL does, where maybe okay. a running back gets Offensive okay. Player of the Year, a receiver, or... All right. A guy that I'm going to double everything. down on quarterbacks just because I've been so impressed That's fine with the too. quarterback play. Offensive player of the year, DTR. DTR has been lighting the world on fire the last couple games, both on the ground and through the air. Let's see. That's uh, seven, eight, nine total touchdowns in the last two games for DTR. And he has been a DT big, Heisman. Yeah, a big part of why UCLA has been able to turn it around. And not that they were bad last year, but they are on a whole new level this year. And I, I credit a lot of that to their fifth-year quarterback. He think he's been starting for five years, which True. is crazy. My old point is uh, Michael Penix Jr. I mean, that guy, wow. he's lit up the stat sheet. 2,000 passing yards, 16 touchdowns. I mean, what not to love about this guy? He's been electric. Uh, I would say my offense player of the year, Caleb Williams. I think he's done a fantastic job behind an O-line that hasn't been as good as people thought it might be this year for USC. He's made some insanely acrobatic plays in the pocket. We saw that jump pass. Was that versus ASU that he hit the jump pass? Yes. I Against so. Oregon State, he evaded at least six sacks throughout that game. Just an absolute freak in the pocket. Uh, and let's go to defensive player of the year in the Pac-12. All right, I'm going to go with USC D-lineman Tuli, Tuli Pelotu. Leads wow. the country with seven sacks, 21 total tackles, and a forced fumble. 
Yeah, so. He's not a Hawaiian. I also had Tuli Pulo too. He is Samoan, I believe, but uh, yeah, not a Hawaiian. But he's also my deep boy. Yeah, my deep boy, uh, a guy I watched in person, Clark Phillips III. Five interceptions, two pick sixes. Uh, he's been a lockdown corner, the definition of it. We'll see this week. It's going to be really fun seeing Caleb Williams try to throw in his direction. I assume they're going to put Phillips on Addison. So mm. that's going to be a fun matchup too. Uh, and then we've got our MVP at midseason. And that's where I have Caleb Williams, USC quarterback. This is where I have DTR, man. I mean, he's put the team in a position to win this conference and potentially make a playoff you know, run. This is pretty insane by DTR. I got him being the MVP. Yeah, JT Shrout is the obvious pick here. <laughs> no, I put DTR. Uh, Williams and DTR were, were honestly interchangeable for me, and I gave it to him the same reason I give Kelly um, coach of the year at midseason. It's because of those big wins. Um, and also that play where he made two Washington defenders run into each other at the goal line. That was pretty sick. Uh, but let's get to week seven. We have got ourselves six games, yet three, no, 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 five games, five games, yet three Pac-12 teams on buys. We've got Oregon, ASU, UCLA getting the buy. Oregon and UCLA are set to play next week. That's going to be a big one. But first game, we've got Cal at Colorado. In the wise words of Colt, I won't be tuning into this one. Yeah. <laughs> Also, in the wise words of Colt, this is a pillow fight. Uh, Cal, eh, that might be a little disrespectful. I think they're actually a, a solid team, which is why they're going to absolutely dismantle Colorado on the road this week. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe Colorado keeps it close. This is this is one of the most evenly matched games they've had all season. So for that reason, maybe they lose by less than three touchdowns. But Whoa, I, I, that's some bullet uh, yeah, material. But nearly. Uh, regardless, I think Cal will win this football game. I'm not picking Colorado. Hell no. <laughs> I mean, th this game shouldn't even be televised. Like the Pac-12 network or whatever crew is going to this game, don't waste your time. For what? Colorado ain't winning. Jaden Ott. Could rush for 300 yards. At this that, point, that would 600 the, yards at, maybe. At this yeah. point for Colorado, it's the race to 0-12. Like, they, I, I just don't see the win on their schedule. And it's just it's just sad. I hope they prove me wrong for the sake of the conference just to not be a complete, utter disappointment. Right. It reminds me of what the Washington schools used to be in, like, the mid-2010s uh, or early 2010s, I should say. Like 2008. Yeah, yeah, like when Washington was 0 and 12. Washington was 0 and 12, and I think Wazoo was Wazoo 1 was and like 11. Wazoo was like 2 and, two two and, and 10, 10 that year. At best, with like an FCS win and a win over Washington. Oh, win over, yeah, exactly. Um, and to be fair, what Oregon State and Oregon used to be, like in the 90s and 80s when my dad grew up. Uh, I like Cal. Cal wins this one. Next up, we have Arizona <laughs> at Washington. God, this is a horrible matchup for U of A. <laughs> yes. They're getting an angry Washington team coming off two straight road losses. And Washington's offense despite the back-to-back -back losses, has still looked really good. I mean, let's let's tell it like it is. They shredded ASU on defense. Uh, and despite the two losses, Penix is still rolling. He's yet to throw for under 300 yards, and that does not bode well for the U of A defensive unit that just ate its Fruit Loops. So I like Washington quite a bit. Penix is okay going into this game. UW rebounds should be an easy win for them. Uh, the only favor that was done for U of A in this game is this game's at 2.30, which gives them um, some time to go do something else with their day after they get blown out in Seattle. Uh, next up, we have Stanford at Notre Dame. Oh, boy. Yeah, Stanford just absolutely blew a prime opportunity to get some momentum back. 
and the David Shaw era is not looking too good right now. Um, I mean, I, maybe we'll talk about him a little more later. Do you? You know, make uh, our picks and then talk about yeah, David Shaw. Yeah. Okay. Shaw. So I like Notre Dame in this game. Notre Dame is hot right now. Stanford not hot. Uh, David Shaw dramas. This is a recipe for disaster right now. I got Notre Dame. Notre Dame is has rebounded into being a good team this year. I like Notre Dame, but obviously the elephant in the room, David Shaw, a big blown lead at home. They're now one and five this season. Sorry, one and four this season. Ooh, um, I mean, what's next for David Shaw and Stanford? All I know is that he's twelve and twenty-three since twenty nineteen, nineteen, and Cardinal have lost eleven straight Power Five games. That's just Ugh. unacceptable. <laughs> Their last Power 5 win was against Oregon last year. That crazy upset. <laughs> so, honestly, if Stanford goes any worse than 5-7 and seven and does not show improvement, I think he absolutely needs to be fired. I just believe that all the momentum that he had early on in his tenure is gone, and he has shown that he's incapable of pulling this program out of the depths. And... He's had good recruiting classes. David Shaw's recruiting well at Stanford, and it's just still not enough. And it seems like his schemes are, are tired. They're they're easy to figure out. There's his, not his a lot of explosiveness have an anymore. Yep. They just yeah. do not have an identity. Where do you think he'd go? If I don't think he'd have a job for a few years. He was. This is a guy who was in the same category as I remember. Stanford played Oklahoma State, I believe, in the Fiesta Bowl. Um, they were number three and number four. This was back in like 2014, maybe 2013. Could be a little earlier than that. But I can remember vividly, as however old I was, the announcers comparing Shaw and Gundy and talking about how, hey, yeah, they're like on the same plane because these are both guys that took traditional programs that aren't very good traditionally at football yeah. and have had them being really good. And so you take a guy that was literally up with Mike Gundy being talked about and he's now to this. Not good. It feels even worse than Gary Patterson because Patterson didn't even go out this bad. True. But, yeah, we'll see what uh, what Stanford decides to do. We still got two more games to pick here. We got two coaches that are not going anywhere anytime soon unless Whittingham retires. Number seven, USC, at number 20, Utah. little concerning how USC has looked pedestrian early in games. It seems like they kind of turn things on offensively later in games. It takes a little bit for Caleb Williams to really get clicking with his receivers. But when they get clicking, they're good. However, they cannot afford, USC cannot afford a slow start here on the road against Utah. Utah, as we know, absolutely dominant at home. Utah's last home loss came back on November 21st of 2020 during the COVID year. And with that no was fans two, in the stands. No, stand, no fans in the stands, and it was to USC, of course. But... I like the Utes to get the dub here, and they keep that Rice-Eccles magic going, handing USC its first L of the Lincoln-Riley era. I got the Utes as well. I, I totally agree with Hayden. I mean, Utah is such a tough place to play. This is a great time to rebound. You're not going to beat you know, both. I mean, you are going to beat one of the two L.A. schools with this one. Give me Utah on this. My season projection in the offseason for USC, ignore the Fresno State pick I made, but my projection <laughs> was that they'd lose one early in Corvallis, and right. then they would get their feet under them, and it would hit rhythm, and they'd be unstoppable, and they'd win this game in Salt Lake. 
And I think that's what's about to happen. I think mm. USC is going to put together a nice game plan. This is a desperate Utah team that needs to get a win, but I think USC is capable of making them pay. I heard an interesting stat that Caleb Williams is one of the best quarterbacks. That, I don't know the actual stat itself, but he's one of the best quarterbacks in the nation when throwing against man coverage and one of the worst when throwing against zone coverage this year. And Utah loves their man coverage and is... Kyle Whittingham has been known to be very stubborn about sticking to man. And so that's why I'm excited for that Clark Phillips v. Jordan Addison matchup. It's going to be a chess match all night. Uh, we've got the late night game. Washington State traveling to Corvallis to play Oregon State. As good as Oregon State has been at home over recent years, that does not... Uh, here, okay, I lost. forget my train of thought. <laughs> Washington State has won eight straight games against Oregon State. It's been correct. complete domination I like Wazoo here. I just feel like they're. I thought I really thought this was Oregon State's year, but they've been they've been disappointing the last few weeks. I think Washington State gets the win here. You're right. Oregon State hasn't won this matchup since 2013, Correct. but Oregon State the past two seasons has only lost one game at home. So give me Oregon State in this. We'll take the Beavs. Uh, yeah, I mean. This game, very, very intriguing game. This is another game that can flip your season on a dime. Oregon State's had so many of these this year. There's magic in the air. That Fresno State ending, that Stanford ending, both games on the road. We couldn't win road games last year. We only won one of them all of last season. Uh, and so we, we already beat our total road wins from last season. I don't see any reason why we can't defend our home turf right here. We shouldn't be losing to a team from Pullman, let alone eight years in a row. That's ridiculous. I don't care who's playing quarterback. It could be Jack Coletto back there throwing the rock. I, I'm pretty sure no one will be back this week, but give me Oregon State. There is no excuse to lose this game. I like the Beavs. <clears throat> As I said, bye is going to Oregon, ASU, UCLA. Let's get to Factor Fiction where we've got... Uh, Ten little prompts here cooking up. First one, fact or fiction, Alabama can still win the natty with Jalen Milrow at quarterback. No. Fiction. Fiction. Not happening. Looks very, very sus in that game against Texas A&M. Uh, fact or fiction, Brent Venables should be feeling a little heat from Oklahoma's 3-3 three and three start. Uh, I'm going to go fiction because yeah, Dylan fiction. Gabriel was hurt. How many losses would it take for him to start to feel some heat? Probably six. Probably if you lose to Kansas. Six. I, my, my favorite was looking yeah. at the comment section in the offseason and all those guys in the Oklahoma one going, this is different. Venables is bringing a better squad to the table. We're going to be better than Riley ever was. Oh, Lord. And that didn't age very well. Fact or fiction, Nebraska okay. has a legit shot at winning the Big Ten West. Fiction. I don't think so. I don't think it happens. I still think Minnesota or Purdue maybe comes out of that. Don't sleep on Illinois. Fact or fiction, there was a path for the Longhorns to make the college football playoff. Fiction. Oh, if, if Bama makes the playoff, there's a, there's a path for Texas at the four spot. If not, it doesn't happen. I was telling Colt earlier, I think back to when USC had three losses and they ended at six. Texas looks impressive. 11-2 of the conference championship. Don't sleep. Fact or fiction, Georgia Tech is a dark horse for the ACC Coastal Division. They've won two straight in conference. Uh, depends on how you define dark horse. To make a bowl game, maybe. Yeah. Uh, not not to win their division, so fiction. Would you hire Brent Key as your new coach there? Based Where, on what you've seen? Based on the past oh, two yeah, weeks? Oh, yeah, he's the interim he's coach. Interim. Duh. Yeah. 
I think so. A little yeah. bit of a Timmy Chang situation where you got the, the homegrown guy that everyone loves is kind of back in the, in the seat. Yeah, hell yeah. Might as well. Factor Fiction, Sonny Dykes instantly winning at TCU puts more pressure on new coaches in year one, like Mario Cristobal and Brian Kelly. Fact. Yeah, I think so, man. He's done a great it, job over there. Yeah, college football has always been a what-are-you-doing-for-me-now business. Yeah. Nobody's patient anymore. Uh, unless you're like a Hawaii or a U of A, right? <laughs> Where you need to really just, you know, Damn. bite the Dang, bullet really, and accept. You really just had to dig that one in. Yeah, just sorry. In pain. You know what's fallen off is Mel Tucker. Michigan yeah. State has Gave had a, a hard time. Gave him a 10-year, $95 million deal, and they are 2-4. and four. They play Wisconsin this week. I kind of like the Badgers in that game. It could be. I was telling Cole, there's a lot of very underrated, like, conference unranked games. There's that one. There's several big bouts in the ACC. I think Duke, North Carolina, both teams that have been pretty decent this year. A lot of games to watch this weekend that we'll be watching from probably a sports bar in Austin or something. Uh, Fact or fiction, Clemson has the clearest path of any team to the college football playoff right now. Fiction. I'm going to go fact. You've already gone through the two big boys in your own division with NC State and Wake Forest. I think there's a pretty good chance they win out, but I do have them losing two games. <laughs> I was going to say, I heard you pick them to lose two games earlier. Fact or fiction, UConn will make a bowl game. They're at three Ooh, wins right now. I need now. to look at their schedule. Holy cow. Three I need to look at their schedule. Their schedule? I'll look at it with you. It's, yeah, he's got it. Ball State, Boston College, UMass, Liberty, Army. Okay, so they're three and four. Let's Let's... What's the path? Got to be Ball State. Got to be UMass. Two. Army's and the Seals. Hey, you can technically make it with two. If you can make it with... <laughs> I got them making it at five and seven. Yeah, five and seven. If they make it. Army's They're not beating Boston College. Year. Even though Boston College is, is They ain't subpar. beating Liberty either. Dang. No, Liberty's good. Well, there's still hope for UConn. Jim Moore has done a good job there. Fact or fiction, at this point, three wins on the season is acceptable for Hawaii. <laughs> I mean, for this year, fact. Two wins right now is, is pretty remarkable. I mean, we got Nevada coming to town this weekend. How about how about that? Did you guys watch the Nevada Colorado so State game? So that was horrible. That was, two defensive. I don't know what that was. It was two defensive touchdowns by Colorado in the first ten minutes of game time, and then they wanted a walk-off <laughs> field goal after getting no more points. So let me ask you guys: After watching that Nevada game, does Hawaii have a chance to beat these guys? Yes. To beat Colorado State, I think yes. Nevada, not necessarily. Nevada just made two horrendous mistakes early. I thought Nevada had no business losing that. We Based can't stop that running back. Toa Tawa, he just ran over us last year. He's a he looks like a bowling ball, man. It's going to be rough. But, uh, you know, have faith in the Rainbow Warriors. I do. Fa last one for you. Fact or fiction. Trenton Borgay should start for ASU. 100%. Fact. Fact. All right. People love him, man. That's what I was waiting for. And, yeah, the hype is there. He was in uh, my math 142 class uh, freshman year. So, shout out for that. Uh, let's get to the name game. We have got uh, a couple names cooking up here, Colt. I'm pretty excited about mine. I don't know about Hayden and his. Oh, I'm very excited for this one. Oh, no. Colt right, when, when cracked the code up? last week. I don't even remember what the name he was. He did. It was, he it got was, it right. That was he, insane. He got the first name on my guy right. He was. He yeah. went three straight names in a row. So we're throwing the curveball of curveballs out here. Is he Hawaiian? He is not Hawaiian. <laughs> he's not even in the Pac-12. Uh, since, since this is an ASU bye week, we're going to step into the Big 12, and this is a guy we oh, might see on the field in Austin. This is an okay. Iowa State offensive lineman from Lagos, Nigeria. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Hold on. Hold on. Here's his name. 
Alua Funto Akinshilo. You know, the first name almost sounds like Polynesian or something. Alua Funto? A? No. Oh. Come on, man. Alua? Alua Funto Akinshilo. You? No. I can't even get the first letter? All right, let's get a spell check. Okay. What's the spelling? What's uh, the first letter, at least? Oh. Alua Funto. O-L-U-W-A-F-U-N-T-O. Akinshilo. A-K-I-N-S-H-I-L-O. I couldn't even get the first letter. Yeah, you've got a chance here, Cole, to get some letters, potentially. Um, I also went to Austin, you know, relation to Austin. It's a guy from Austin, Texas. Okay. He's a place kicker for USC. He's a senior. Alex Stadhouse. Okay. Alex A. That is correct. I got the first letter. He's got a letter. There we go. L. That's correct. E. Mm Mm-hmm. X. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah, I saw the smile face. You got the first That's name. That's the first word. Yep. Last name is what, Budge? Stadhouse. 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 S. Yep. T. Correct. A. Correct. D. Correct. H. Incorrect. <laughs> I'm about to spell house. All right, here we go. Stadhouse. S-T-A-D. That is correct. E. That is incorrect. Oh. Oh. You know, if you asked for the country of origin, that might have helped you. I would have told you it was Germany. S T A D T H A U S. Germany would not have helped me <laughs> at all. I wouldn't even have known that, bro. No, I, I don't think it would have. Um, that does it for the name game. Colt was unable to pull off an encore performance. It's time for uh, Michael Scott to take us to our outro. All I can do right now is put on a brave face and go out there and be their leader. It's over. We are screwed. All right, we've got a a rare uh, sight here on Pacific Point of View. We've got a little bit of time left at the end of the show here. We do. A little bit of time. Do we have time to field a call that's probably pushing it? Yeah, we could probably field a call. we still got like three, three, four solid minutes left. All right. We could get a call in to the, what's, uh, uh, the number over here. What's, what's the number? 602-496-5158. All right. We've got do we the just wait the, for the, the phone the to bait ring? The is in the water. We do have one Mr. Weber a... here in the booth with us. He we could, do. He could certainly dial into that. Or we could just turn on the mic. What does the sticker say on the uh, side of the mic here? Five? Mic five? Let's get mic five going. All right. Uh, can you hear me? I sure can. All right, welcome into the show. Uh, first time we've had two Webers on at the same time. Uh, what are you looking forward to this week? <laughs> Hearing how you guys uh, have fun in Austin. There you go. Great, great college game day atmosphere. Uh, was there last weekend? No, two weekends ago. And uh, first time, great city, uh, great fans. Great college game day atmosphere. It ought to be a great time for you guys. Yeah, really okay. looking forward to it. I think that'll be fun. Dad, I'm going to ask you, um, what are your thoughts? Because you have a, a little bit of a different vantage point. We're usually at the games uh, in Tempe. What are your thoughts on Borgay versus Emery Jones? What do you like about Trent Borgay? What do you like about Emery Jones? What do you think is Who do you think should be the guy for ASU for the rest of the season and why? This will be good. <laughs> 
Well, it was, I, I thought Trenton did a really great job coming in and was a seamless transition. It was very smooth. Uh, the offense looked great, and it just it seemed like it flowed really well. Nothing against Emory. I, I, I was happy to see Emory come to Tempe, and even the games that he's played. Um, frankly, I, I was uh, glad to see him at quarterback. Um, but ultimately, you got to stick with Trenton. I think the offense. They think the team is really gelling. The the last few weeks they've they've just continued to to look better and better and and it came to fruition with that win against uh, UW. All yeah, right. he had some nice throws in that game. Very smooth, especially that that game winner at the end on that back shoulder. Just absolute beauty. Mr. Weber, do you have any uh, thoughts on the University of Hawaii football pro- program? Is there <laughs> ever like is there a memory? back there from all these years of college football uh, where maybe Hawaii football stands out for you? Uh, Colt Brennan. Let's go! <laughs> just just slinging the ball all over the field all season long. Didn't Hawaii just whoop ASU in a bowl game one year? That was 06. You, know, you probably just <laughs> yeah, probably got that out of your memory real fast. Yeah. There, there's quite a out. few. Uh, interesting stat. Uh, Coach Iguano has as many wins at Sun Devil Stadium against top-ranked opponents, as uh, Dirk Cutter did in six seasons. Wow! Wow! How about that? Interesting. That's Very cool, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Interesting stat. All right, I have one more part. Do you have a question, Budge? Or uh, I've got. You know, I've got. I mean, I would ask an Oregon State-related question, but but I already know everything there is to know about Oregon State. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dad. So obviously, since you were an ASU alum, just like all of us, what was your favorite? ASU football memory while you were in college. Okay, Nebraska, the Nebraska upset. Unbelievable! It was it was incredible to be at that football game. So where were you? Do you have any vivid memories of the game? Just anything? you know, it was it was almost like it was in slow motion watching the game. You know, you're excited for it. Big time team coming in. Great history. Um, had some friends who were from Nebraska thinking they were just going to come in and just walk all over us, um, who, were, who were ASU students at the time, of course. But just watching that game, it was like in slow motion. Um, it was actually there with your mom. So okay. we were not sitting in the student section at the time. Some Weber So we're work. up in the, in the yeah. loge, you know, pre, uh, pre-remodel, and it was, just, it was just incredible to see. And it was like a slow motion football game happening in front of you. You just kept going, oh, my gosh, this is going to happen. This, this is gonna ha- I can't believe what's going on. It was it was super fun, awesome, absolutely awesome stuff. Knock off Nebraska at the peak of their power. Now look at the lows that they've gone to. Yep. Probably all from that ASU win. Yeah, hey, if we're being with ourselves. Yep. Well, thanks right. for coming on, Dad. Yep. Thanks, thanks for, for coming on. Me. First ever in studio guest in Pacific Point of View history. We appreciate it, and uh, I think that's all we've got. If that's all everybody else has got, I'm Tyler Budge. I'm Hayden Weber. And I'm Colt Almodova. And with that, we wave goodbye. Oh, going to come back to the near side.